Welcome again to another stream. And you know the title of the stream is American Negro Slave Revolts. This is Chapter 9, Section 2. I'd like to thank everybody for listening, watching the stream today. I am Chaos Ryan, as you know it. And, you know, tonight we're going to continue this reading and probably conclude Chapter 9. And also, as y'all know, from the previous readings, we are at the halfway mark of this wonderful book. And like always, I advise, after the completion of this book or any other future readings, I would recommend most people go in and buy the book for themselves to get a more feel of the book. Now, I cut out the hard work from my best ability to give you the information from my own mouth, what the book is. But it's always better for most people instead of just listening and hearing. They should purchase the book itself and get a better feel by reading it itself. I feel going through it the second time on your own eyes and your own time will have a better appreciation of the history and information that's being presented today. All right. I guess everybody's ready. Y'all ready? Y'all ready? Y'all ready? Y'all ready? Ah, uh, yes. This is Chapter 9, Section 2. And it, as you know, it's titled 1791 through 1809. The South will be assisted by the East if need be. A young South Carolinian who was with me when I had the paper observed that he had long expect this misfortune, number 66, and had often wondered that they had not risen before. Certainly there are motives sufficiently obvious, independent of the contingents of Jacobism to account for an insurrection of the slaves, but I doubt not that the eternal clamor about liberty in Virginia and South Carolina about has matured and the events which has happened. There are good things in the most species of adversity. You may not possibly know that a year ago, if not later, a separation from the Union was much talked by some of the leaders of the opposition in Virginia and their arsenal replenished from Europeans. Their rigid collection of extra taxes gave reason for fear they had some plan on foot. These ideals I had last spring from a man who made it his business to know in passing through Virginia and who had talked with several leaders of the Fed Erie Party, or Federal Party. And there's a subsection here. Beginning in November of this same year, slaves arrested or slave unrest was once more reported from Virginia, and this seems to have originated in Pittsburgh. But by December, the trouble has spread to Norfolk Regiment and throughout 
Nottingway County. Dozens of slaves were arrested during these months and in January of 1801. By the time Governor Monroe was once more receiving warning from various correspondents, including one from the mayor of Pittsburgh and another from an individual who subscribed himself a faithful servant, on the 7th of January, Monroe ordered 50 pounds of grapes, shots, and 75 pounds of powder sent to Pittsburgh. And on the same day, two slaves of Nottoway County were convinced of conspiring to rebel. They had planned to annihilate the whites for a for as they saw it. If the white people were destroyed, they would be free. Both were hanged nine days later. A letter dated January 18, 1802 from a Negro named Frank Goody and addressed to someone named Roland Pointer of Pothenian was intercepted, found it to refer to a conspiracy and to contain the terrifying sentence. Our travels, friends, have gotten ten thousands in readlessness in the, the night. Or redness in the night. Fear were expressed in Williamsburg and Nassimont, and two slaves were executed in Burntswick on February the 12th. Two more were hanged in Halfflex in April, and the same month witnessed the arrest of many slaves in Princess Annie and in Norfolk. Two were sentenced to hanging in the later city, but only one, Jeremiah, was ex- executed for the other, Ned said, to be weak-minded, was repressed, or repressive, and banished. Similar in Hanover County, one slave was hanged and another banished while on April the 3rd, according to a militant officer, four unknown men made an attack with bricks upon the sentinel at the Capitol and were fired on. Suppression went on into the month of June and July. Thus, a letter of June 5th from Richmond referred to the fact that convicted slaves confined in the penitentiary house and had become a numerous as to render their maintenance burdensome, or we call burdensome, and their si- their safe keeping inconvenient or inconveniences. On June 15th. A Mr. Matthews of Norfolk told the governor that many exaggerate reports were abroad, but the unquestionable disaffection still exists and asked that more arms he reformed or forward with the appeal was excluded an interesting letter from Slate written on June the 7th, which read as the font. And let's listen good. White people are white peoples of beware of your lives. 
There is a plan now forming and intending to put in execution this harvest time. They are to commence and use their cities as weapons, or what they call cities as weapons. Until they can get possession of other weapons, there is a great many weapon hid for the purpose. And be you all assured, if you do not look out in time, that they may of you will be put to death. The, the schemes is to kill all before them, men, women, children. There has been expressions going in every direction. For some days to see all the Negroes, they could this holidays to make the arrangements and concoct what time it was to commence and as to what phase they are to assemble. Watch they conduct of your Negroes and you will see an alternation. I am confident of the leaders and cannot give give you my name. I am also a greater friend to some of the whites and wish to preserve their lives. I am a favorite servant of my master and mistress and love them dearly. Now, mind you, what I just read and what I just picked up, it looked like we had a snitch in our midst. There was going to be a plot, a big plot, where the slaves were going to take retribution. And it looked like one slave, not a house nigger, but just a slave. Well, actually, he's a house nigger at the end of the day. Went and told on them. See how mine, see how the mind is terrifying waste? How, you know, with the condition. And, you know, we have people today, still have this mentality now, that when things will get real heated, they will snitch on a negro. Back then, and still plays today. But nonetheless, we're going to continue. Governor Monroe, upon the advice of four state senators, commute the death and sentence of Ben, a slave of, and a, of a king and Queens County, in June to sale and banishment out of the state. Another slave, John of Halifax County, also convicted of conspiracy, was less fortunate and died by hanging. On the 3rd or the 13th of June, in this case, Monroe, generally merciful, had or merciful hands, was moved to sign the execution order by a petition subscribed to by 63 citizens urging he do this for they believe that the said John is one of the most criminal and dangerous of the order. Not doubting from general characters, but that he has by himself and his agent been the meaning of poisoning many persons. On the 1st of July, Abraham, a slave of Halifax <coughs> County, was sentenced to die for the part in the plot while two days later, author slave of a Mr. Farah of Herichiko County received for the second time a reprieve of his death sentence to 
lasts for two weeks. There is no record of this being renewed or the sentence being altered. So it is probable that he was finally hanged. And there's a subsection of this too. The fear in Virginia were accelerated when in May conspiracies were reported from eastern North Carolina. These were at the time attributes largely to the agitation of an outlaw Negro, Tom Copper, who had been a fugitive for months and who had a camp in one of the swamps in the regions of Elizabeth City. Concerning these plots, a later historian, also or a later historian, used only local newspapers reporting the arrest of the 14 slaves and execution of one, while in a more recent work, the author, again de- depending solely upon the local press, report the execution of the f- five slaves and arrest lashing, branding, coppering, of the unspecific numbers in Candon, Brettel, Kernick, Martin, Halifax, and Paquitka or Paquitank counties. Local papers, however, are far from trustworthy. Sources and rarely given complete information concerning slave rebellions. And in the case, a contemporary spoke accurate when he asserts that the North Carolina papers speak reluctantly about the troubles. It is the fact that stories of wholesale havoc and destruction alleged caused by slaves at this time and reports elsewhere were undoubtedly false, but the truth is probably somewhere between these exaggerations and the minimizations of the North Carolina papers. Or the minimization. North Carolina papers. In addition to the counties above mentioned, Hertford, Wake, Washington, Warren, and Charlotte, and no other were also distributed by reports, conspiracies, and a gentleman who last week passed through the lower counties of North Carolina states that attempt to liberate these slaves in Elizabeth City Jail was made last week by six stouts Negroes mount on horseback. Four of the following were taken. The other two made their escape. The findings of arms and annihilation or ammunition and swords, pikes were served several times. Reports approach or appears conservative to say that about 15 slaves were executed. And several scores were arrested and dozens tortured one way or another in North Carolina during the year. The last trouble of 1802 is referred to by an English visitor, Charles W. Jensen, and occurred in the northwestern county of Madison, Virginia, which for an area so local had a large Negro population. A Mr. Alexander Hunton was Alarmed by the language of a slave, he was whipping, began an investigation, and from what was collected, 
there was very reason to believe that the Negroes were planning an insurrection. And Mr. Hunton privately requests every white inhabitant to meet him well armed on the same evening at a certain time and place. A Negro was lying in the gall under sentence of death for murdering a white man and we suppose that a rescue if nothing more would be attempted with the insurrection at richmond presents to every mind or fear were wrong up to a high degree of alarm i attended with my gun and a large supply of ball cartridge with which i was supposed with our inhabitants by the corporation of norfolk a few months before on the similar um, similar occasions. <clears throat> Many slaves were arrested and chained, but all denied the existence of a conspiracy. Jensen believed them by the judge, but not, and ordered them all to be severely flogged, which sentence was executed by the white men, and turns this Englishman and a friend were alarmed a few days later by the singing of some slaves at night. Conceived that it was the Negro, and if y'all didn't know, flogging means beaten, in other words. And, you know, as people are watching, please, you know, get a video of some you know, love. War songs, arms they hurled to other white men who... However, measured, or actually, how reason reassured them, but they greatly commend our activities, and thus we became more respect by our neighbors. A striking feature of the Virginia Conspiracy of 1802 is that the evidence of white participation is fairly good. Thus, a Mr. John B. Scott, while informing the governor on April 23rd, of the trial and execution of a slave in Halifax states <clears throat> I have just received information that three white persons are concerned in the plot and they have armed ammunition concealed under their house and more or and were to give aid when the regression should begin. One slave witnessed Lewis twice declaring that whites, that is the common run of poor white people, were involved. At least one fairly proponent white man, James Hall Mulford, acting justice of the peace of Nottoway County, in a formal petition signed by many citizens and date January 17, 1802. Requesting his removal was accused of encouraging the late insurrection of slaves of this county. And finally, what is supposed to have been a recruiting speech delivered by author slave of Mr. Williams Farad of Herico, or Henrico County has, a, has survived and made fascinating readings.
Black men, if you have now a mind to join with me now, is your time for freedom. All Cleaver men who will keep secret these words I give to you is life. I have taken it on myself to let the country be at liberty. This lies upon my mind for a long time. Mind men, I have told you a great deal. I have joined with both black and white, which is the common man or poor white people, mulattoes, will join or will join with me to help free the country. Although they are free already, I have gotten eight or ten white men to lead me in the fight on the magazines. They will be before me and hand out guns, powders, pistols, shots, and other things that will answer the proposed black men. I mean to lose my life in this way if they will take. That was interesting. The only thing I can make out of that is look like other poor whites will try and join some insurrection with Negroes. That's very interesting. It's interesting. Let's continue. Some of the results of this decade of turmoil, such as new laws and regulation for slave control and impunity to militarism in the South, have perceivably been discussed. Others are also apparent. In this midst of this decade of unprecedented slave distributions, disturbance, plus economic depression, and the worldwide sweep of humanitarianism and radical philosophies, there developed a very considerable anti-slavery sentiment, and these disturbances bring home to him who could see the acquisitions of human bondage and its dangers to the master and and are not to be overlooked in attempts to explain this anti-slavery development. Thus, in the area north of Mason and Dixie Line, during the period, many states passed anti-slavery laws so that by 1802, all northern states except New Jersey, whose act came in 1804, he enacted measures for the gradual emancipation of all Negroes. To the conventional reasons, their unprofitableness of slavery and commerce and diversifying small-scale farming and relatively numerical insignificance of the slaves is to add the fact that these northern states witnessed the very ugly activities of slaves to the south and then both of the islands and the continent, plus the fact that several of them taste or believe they taste simple of the same ugliness and the fires destroyed their own or their neighbors' homes. The economic stagnation in the lower South and the acute depression in the lower Louisiana, eastern North Carolina, and eastern Virginia, together with the fact that the staple cotton and sugars that were to form the dominant types of economics in the South did not become important until the end of the 
um, what do you call it, 90s, fostering doubt about slavery. Thus doubt were most evident in these areas where its hold was least extensive as Kentucky, Eastern Tennessee, and the western part of Virginia, North Carolina, when this is added to the fact, as James Monroe rather mildly put it, that the pop lock dangers proceeding from the description of people, slaves, is daily increasing an explanation for the verge of doubt. Allowing and explaining, for example, the existence of such anti-slavery groups as the Quakers and the Methodists become clearly. A result of these uprisings, consequent with this increased questioning, was naturally a greater severity in the regulation and policies of the slave population. As a contemporary remark, in a word, if we will keep a ferocious monster in our country, we must keep him in chains. The the forging of the chains has been observed, but words to notice in the sentence is if that would loom large indeed during the decades for slavery appeared to pay few dividends and possessing slaves made of devotion and fashionable liberal principles aspects and place one open to the car. car- the charge of hypocrites, or the charge of hypocrites, and withheld no matters on how many chains were placed upon the monster, his stirring and witnessing on manifest itself nor merely in the fight of individual acts of terrorism, but also wholesale burning numerous poisons and seriously Schemes for revolutionary actions require the exception of much time, energy, and efforts to suppress. A writer opposed to the chain's policy remarks, and this is what he said, quote, I have dwelt upon the system of feather and scrooges of deprivation and restrictions because I perceived it as the favorite topic of the day. But he warned, when you make one little tyranny more tyrannical, you will make thousands of slaves impatient and vindictive. He proposed gradual emancipation. The idea represented by the writer came the close of the realization in the South it has decades that it was ever again to come. The border state, Maryland, 1796, Kentucky, 1794, 1800s, Tennessee, 1801. Passed laws making manumission easier. Serious though, futile attempts were made in Kentucky and in Maryland in 1799. The exact laws for gradual emancipation at the formation of the territories of Mississippi in 1798 and efforts was made to keep slavery out, but this was opposed probably with considerable sincerity on the grounds that by depressing the slave population, one lessened the danger of revolt, increased the possibilities in the long run of emancipation, 
and 1802, a bill to forbid the importance for any proposed into Mississippi and male slave passed house by was that defeated in the council by two votes. As has previous been mentioned, an important cause of numerous acts restricting or forbidding the slave trade was fear of slave rebellion. Such regulations were especially numerous and drastic during the critical dozen years from 1790 through 1802. Examples are the Federal Acts of 1794 and 1800, and the State Act of South Carolina from 1792 to 1796, 1800, and 1801. Georgia, 1793. North Carolina, 1794. Maryland, 1796. And the Louisiana Prohibition, um, prohibition against the trade for the arrest of 17, or the rest, or the unrest of 1795. <clears throat> the South Carolina Act of 1800 and 1801 were especially served and had they been permitted on the books and been enforced might well have checked the growth of slavery. In 1800 it was forbidden to bring any Negro in from beyond the United States. No one was to bring and over 10 slaves from any part of the nation of those slaves must have been owned for two years and were not to be sold for two years after entrance. In 1801, this made, made still more restrictive for no one was to import over two slaves from within the United States, and these were to be for personal use only. Again, indicative indicative of what the Negro restlessness had done to enhance doubts concerning the wisdom of the institution of slavery may be note that sentiment of a resident of Louisiana expression oppositions to a project reopening of the slave trade in the region he felt that the ember of the servile insurrection which occurred in Louisiana in 1795 were still glooming that the proposed reopening of the slave trade was a project conceived by foreigners for their own profits, and that if the planters themselves were consult, they would raise a terrible clamor against the measures and would paint a fearful picture of the disorder to which the colonies is a prey because of the insubordination of the slave. And I'm give you a little side note. We all know they said they stopped importing people from Africa to the Caribbean and to America during the end of the 1700s. We all know that's a lie. They were still importing slaves as we speak. There's even articles right now and stories right now. If you could Google it right now, they'll tell you some, some slaves were still being imported as we speak under the table in this country. So when this reference was put out they're not really giving the honest truth about the slave trade. They're not. And trust me, I've known. So let me continue. But the Louisiana slave trade was reopened and was flourishing 
by 1802. Mississippi did not forbid the import importation of slaves, and by 1802, the legislature of South Carolina found that law of 1800 and 1801, as it said, <clears throat> to be too rigorous and inconvincing, and allowing the introduction from within the United States of any number of slaves for personal use, and by 1803, though the spectrum of slave revolts was risen, the trade in human flesh was thrown wide open except for slaves from South America and the West Indies. See that? So, they might say they might stop importing Africans from the continent, but then stop taking from the islands and South America, bringing them to America, which they're still going on with the slave trade back in during those, during those times. The master of the South had made what was to prove for them an irrecoverable ir, <coughs> decision. They had decided to keep the monster, and they did this essentially because he now began to pay handsome dividends as the Louisiana sugar and cotton production were well established day by the end of the 18th century increased settlements in western Pennsylvania and Virginia and in upper Louisiana, Kentucky and Tennessee. And in 1798, the opening of the American deposition and emissions of natural ships on advantage terms enhance trade and soon restore prosperity so that by above 1801, Louisiana planters Though of the dear times from 1791 to 1797, as by a nightmare. In the lower south, cottons was a staple product. By the end of the 18th century, thus, while in 1795, by 35,000 baileys were being produ produced, in 1801, over 210,000. And by 1806, about 345,000 hails were, or bales were being produced to meet especially the ever-increasing demand of England and France. The first gin in Mississippi made from a crew drawing by a skilled slave was used in 1795, and she was soon important cotton growing area while in 1803 the annexation of Louisiana helped fasten slavery upon the United States and proven rigorous like Virginia and North Carolina market for surplus slaves anti-slavery within most slave areas was beaten and the policy of strict censorship of all such sentiments was begun, and with minor exceptions, was not thrown off until the terror arose by the Turner rebellions, and even then, the expression of an anti-slavery feeling lasted for about one year when it was once more effectively gagged by a slaveocracy revived by returning prosperity in eighteen. 
32. The Negroes, however, did not relinquish any phase of their struggles against enslavement. For some seven or eight years after the crushing of the 1802 plot, there was a period of relative calm. This was, however, occasionally and sharply broken. In February 1803, the convictions of a Negro woman, Margaret Bradley, of attempting to poison two white people precipitated seriously troubles amongst the Negroes in York, Pennsylvania. <clears throat> they made several attempts to destroy the town by fire and succeeded within a period of three weeks. In burning 11 buildings, patrols were established, strong guards set up the militant dispatch to the scene of the unrest at the Governor McKeeley order and a reward of $300 offers for the capture of the insurrectionists. Many Negroes were arrested. Several of their commanders attempt to rescue them by breaking down the jail, but they failed and were dispersed. After days of confusion and terror, about 20 Negroes were convicted of the crime of arson. On March 21st, the Justice of the Peace issued a notice to the inhabitants of York's and their victims to be distant of 10 miles, rejuring such as had Negroes to keep them at home and under, under strict disciplines and watch and not to let them come to town on any pretense, whosoever without a written pass. Thus who were in the town had it to leave one hour before sundown on the on the pain of being imprisoned or at risk of their lives. Free Negroes were to get a pass from a justice of the peace so that they might not be restrained from their daily labor. You hear that? Now, I'm not sure if when they say free Negroes, that don't seem like free to me. It seems like you, you need permission to move around town before Jim Crow. Imagine that. But then I tell you this. They said most people were not slaves. I get that. But you were not free either. Because you need papers just like everybody else. Mm. Mm. You get that? Let's continue. A brief newspaper item presents all the evidence sent on an alleged uprising in North Carolina the same year this read. The editor of the Kentucky Gazette acknowledged the receipts of a note from a gentleman at Warrington, North Carolina, without date, but which must have been subsequently to the 25th of April, which said the Negroes rise or the Negroes rose in this town last night and made great havoc. We had to fly just what foundations, if any, exist for this settlement is not known, but it may be said with some confidence that if a slave actually did create havoc in the North Carolina town in 1803, it caused white inhabitants to flee there would probably be more evident of the occurrence 
then appear to exist in the year 18 and had already been note their behavior in Savannah and the same year arose sharp alarms but the perceiving reasons for their they, this are not clear while in February two slaves were imprisoned because of complicity in an attempt to destroy the city of Charleston South Carolina by fire the next year there were reports of slave plots or insurrections in North Carolina, Virginia, South Carolina, Maryland, and in New Orleans, but the known fact about most of them are few. The July, but in July, two Negroes were tried before a special court of Oyers and Terminant and Cambridge, Maryland, for having attempted to rise an insurrection. One whom was free was sentenced to seven years imprisonment at hard labor while the others of slaves was condemned to hang. There seems to have been some evidence <coughs> that slaves in New Orleans allegedly aided by the Frenchman plan to rebel on September 12th, but nothing of the nature occurred, and the existence of a plot was not fully Certain. Columbia, South Carolina was on the edge of weeks before Christmas of 1805, with cannon placed on the eminence in front of the state house, the militants on the alert, and patrols elsewhere or everywhere. As a result of the reports of an intent rebellion during the holidays, the fear led to uneasy trigger fingers one of which caused the death of an innocent Negro, at least two slaves believed to be the leaders in this affair, were arrested and there, and these arrests and the precautionary measures and the show of strength appear to have crushed this movement. Earlier of that year, a spirit of insubordination among the Negroes of Isley of White County and Virginia was considered important enough for the governor notice. In April, two slaves of Stanford County, Cupid and Reuben, or Coupe and Reuben, were convicted of conspiracy of insurrection, the later being sentenced to banishment of the former to hanging. And the former to hanging. More important was the conspiracy of slaves at this time in Johnson, Simpson, and particularly Wayne County, North Carolina, to destroy the enslaved by poisoning several whites, actually were poisoned, and two of their respectable men died. About 20 slaves were arrested. One, of, one a woman um, burned alive, three or four others hanged, one was pillarized, whipped his ear, nailed down, and then cut off. Oh. And one was banished, and the other lashed. In April of that next year, considerable alarms was arose in Willingburg, Virginia. 
Because of some suspicion of the insurrection of the Negroes, students at Williams and Mary experienced great excitement aiding and patrolling the town, but apparently nothing further happened. The Council Journal of the State of April 9, 1806 contained, however, the following interesting items. It appearing to the satisfaction of the board that two Negro men armed and on the horseback have this day passed unto the city of Richmond hiding defiance to the constable and others who endeavor to arrest them and there being some reason to suspect that their intentions may be of such a nature as the endanger and peace of society, it is therefore advised that the governor be requested to order out the sufficient detachments from the Richmond troops of Clavority and apprehend them. As soon as he may be able to discover the route they had taken on leaving the city. There is some evidence not conclusive pointing to the existence of the well-laid plan to capture the city of Savannah, Georgia in the fall of this year, though the accounts may possibly have referred to the alarm of 1804, which has already been mentioned as dozens of the rebellion leaders were report arrested and the conspiracies nipped it in the bud. In the summer of 1807, some of the leading planters in Mississippi informed the governor that they had reasons to, to suspect an attempt at rebellion by their slaves and urged special precautionary measures. A patrol was established and a detachment of soldiers of the United States Army fought to Fort Fort Dearborn. The perceived extent of the disaffection is not known, but it is was not probably important in moving Governor Williams in his message on December 1807 to suggest the certainty, uh, what do you call it, curtainment of the slave trade. In 1808, Mississippi did regulate the importation of slave, placing a tax on $5 of each nigger brought in and forbidding the introduction of criminals or bad slaves. <laughs> oh God, this is crazy. In November of December 1808, reports came to the governor Tyler of Virginia telling the conspirators measures taken to crush them in the cities of Norfolk, Richmond, and in the counties of Nelson, Alamelo, and I think it's called Chesterfield. The facts that the governor on the council advised did not officially inform the legislators of the circumstance in this case and that there appears to be extent no copy of one hindering circulate printed. On December 21st, 1808, in Richmond by Samuel Pleasant Jr., respectively, insurrections of Negroes making it impossible to 
accurately assessed its importance. Certainly it was considered serious enough to arouse great alarms not only in Virginia but in North Carolina as well. Disturbance of an undoubtable but apparently rather serious nature occurred in the in the German coast region of the territory of New Orleans or what they call Orleans. A year later in November of 1809 this caused combination not only in the area immediately affected but also in New Orleans a city having among its population over 9,000 slaves. And that's the end of this chapter. Of chapter 9, section 2. And it seems to me that the finding of their fear of the idiotic men and women of that time was very prevalent. No matter how many slaves they keep importing or they said they stopped importing, which was a lie, they continued this until, I would say, mid-1800s. Nor they said that they gave a tax if they find that they were important slaves, but it didn't stop them from still doing it. And the consequence they did that, you find that more slaves were uprising. They were doing their thing. They were going into those fields, burning down their resource, killing them. And you got to understand, people, this is not being talked about. you got to understand the purpose of education is to inform and give you information. But when we talk about real education, you're not going to get that in an institution we call a school system. The school system is very careful what they, what they put out and they teach to students. And if you're an ADOS man or woman or a male person, you're not getting actual history. That's why I find it very interesting why most people that are descendants of slaves here in the West we call America don't really focus on understanding their whole entire history in its entirety. I think one time, I would say 50 or 60 years ago, when I guess black people still controlled their schools, they taught some of this history. They probably didn't teach what I'm reading right now, I doubt it, because this book is now... I believe 76 years old. And it's written by many authors. So, my thing is this. Um, now that we're getting a very clear understanding, this is the halfway to book, to know and say that this is the reason why certain information is not being put out. And they keep pushing the narrative that you were soft and passive and you just took it and the only way you got an infant is they allow it. And don't say no, they have to be pushed a certain direction. Because just the fear alone, they, they can be comfortable at night. A lot of their business that they had back in slavery were lost by these insurrections. A lot of house, a lot of towns burning. They had a beef up security patrol. It, it might explain why they have they created what we called the police back then. It was not to catch the slaves, but I think it was more to to really control any type of person that is a slave doing bodily harm to the infrastructure. Because police deal with policy. They protect certain areas. Do you get me? I hope this makes sense. 
So my conclusion, that's why the police was really was created. It was not created said so to keep um during keep, no, it was to protect the property. And right there it, it makes better sense because this is what most of the the descendants of slaves back then that's ADOS that did back then had to do what they had to do just to make their oppressors or the slave master not only come to night, but they're gonna to have to eventually change how they're gonna deal with them and still get what is necessary. To get what is necessary to get some some out the slave for free. Everybody know nothing is for free. There's always a cost. And normally back in the time, if you were a slave master, your life was pretty much the cost if you enslaved somebody without paying for their service. There was not no free road during enslavement. You follow me? No free road. There's always a consequence for every action. Now, I hope that from the conclusion of this chapter, it was well clear. Or you, you get a, a good understanding. But, you know, that that's just the conclusion of this chapter. Um, be on the lookout for the next um, continue or next live stream or, you know, reading. We still have... I believe um, five more chapters left. And, you know, these chapters go by a certain period from, you know, when people were brought from Africa to the Caribbean, to America, to, you know, so-called the end of enslavement. And really, the purpose of American Negro slave revolts only focus here on America. Only. It might talk about certain parts of the islands briefly, but this really deals with what were the people in America that were slaves did on here. So if nothing you take out of this, notice that your answers did not just sit down and take it. They fought. And they paid a hell of a price. So I'd like to thank everybody for um, listening to tonight's stream. Please like the video. Like it. Um, if you want, you can share this. You know, And I would like y'all to go back from the previous chapters from the beginning of the American Negro Slave Revolts, because I'm already at the halfway point. So, you know, anything that you didn't get to understand from up to this point, you have to go back and listen to yourself. <laughs> so, other than that, I'd like to thank y'all for listening. Until next time, take care. Good night.